All right, Alex, welcome back to the show. Uh, tonight we're joined by a special guest, Mr. Uh, Jimmy Kempsey uh, from the uh, Philly Voice. And uh, you know how we'd like to get our episode started. Uh, we'll give a shout out. It's episode 58. And today we'd like to open up with uh, episode uh, tribute to Mr. Uh, Wilbur Marshall. So Phil, take us away real quick. Wilbur Marshall, one of the most criminally underrated linebackers in the history of football, in my opinion. Um, he played for Red, he played for the Redskins for five years. Was a member of the 1991 uh, Super Bowl winning team. Um, guy was a turnover creating machine. Uh, in five years with Washington, he had 12 interceptions, seven fumble recoveries, 13 forced fumbles. So the guy was really uh, one of those playmakers on defense. He also had 24 and a half sacks in the process. And actually um, him, Daryl Green were leaders in that 91 season, as far as interceptions go, he had five interceptions to go along with uh, five and a half sacks. And he was also a uh, two-time pro bowler with the Bears. He was a member of that famous 85 Bears defense, as well as a one-time pro bowler with us. He was also an all pro linebacker with us and uh, just a complete well-rounded uh, linebacker. He was excellent in coverage, could rush the passer, could defend against the run. Just one of the most complete linebackers in the history of football, in my opinion. I think that people sorely underrate him because he always played on great defenses. Number 58, right? Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yep. Um, okay. That's our tribute <laughs> to Ron Rivera would have a lot just... of great things. I was going to say, I'll bet you Ron Rivera – would have a lot of great things to say about Wilbur since he did play with him. Is Wilbur in the hall? Nope. No, 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 no. Unfortunately not. I think he was one of those guys that sported those big neck braces too back in the day. That used to be the uh, mm. – That used to be the – Carl Meckling, Necklingberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our special guest tonight is Jimmy Kemsky, Um coming to us from uh, the upper northeast. Jimmy, how you doing, man? How's, how's, uh, how was it up there? It's uh, a little cold today. Yeah, uh, really? yeah, it was like four four really nice days, and then today it was a little cold and windy. But uh, whatever. It's it's uh, it's been it's been better. It was better today than it's been <laughs> over the yeah. last you know month or two or whatever. Here. So I'll and take we, it's seventy yeah. there. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. same out here in DC. Right. Yeah, and we lose a freaking hour this weekend, so that doesn't help either. Don't forget no, about that. It's, it's good in the long run. Yeah, Thanks, farmers. <laughs> All right. So, you know, all the guests we've been bringing on lately and in the past, you know, it's kind of been from the flavor of the, the, the Washington football team or previous Redskins players. But, you know, we really wanted to start getting an external point of view. And, and you were the first person I thought of as soon as we started talking about going outside the organization. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. You know, you're you're coming to us from Philadelphia. Um, how long have you been uh, <clears throat> writing on the Eagles up there? Uh, full time. Actually, I my first day full time on the job was the uh, Eagles football team game in 2013, week one, when uh, Chip Kelly came in <laughs> and like, and uh, everyone thought that he was going to revolutionize the league after that first uh, after that first game when they ran like 50 something plays in the first half of that game. Uh, so that, that's that that was the day that that I started full time year round on 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 the Eagles beat. And I remember. Did, uh, uh, did Chip Kelly give any, give you your own personalized protein shake? <laughs> no, 
No, actually, you know, I was I was not to toot my own horn on that, but I was the one who originally tweeted that out. Like I saw these shakes on the on the table uh, after practice one day, and I'm like, what is it? Like one of them said, like you know, con- like they they all had like names written on them. Like for example, like Connor Barwin, uh, you know, Nick Foles, whatever. And I'm like, do they have? Are all these shakes like in like personally like individualized for for everyone? I took a picture of it. And it kind of, it kind of blew up. Uh, but yeah, that, that I did not, I never got one for myself from, from, from Chip. He did say one time that I was dressed nicely uh, during a press conference, but that was the extent of, uh, of, uh, you know, his, his catering to me. That's awesome. Yeah. And after that first game, it, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of scared. I was like, man, this, <laughs> this, is the new, this is the new NFL and starts with freaking Chip. Yeah. I, I just remember your, and I said this to you when I tweeted you, your, your stick figured, drawing where he was going to trade the farm for Mariota. I love those stick figures, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, you, appreciate you, need, it. you need to bring them back more often. I, I can't get enough of them. Thank uh, you. Appreciate um, that. So, so the Eagles, so you guys are starting fresh this year. Um, Nick Sirianni, what do, you, what do you think about him so far? It's so weird because, um, and we got, we just, we just mentioned Chip Kelly. I feel like the sort of the, the mood around the team in terms of like the fan base's uh, excitement right now, there's just a lot of apathy going on right now. Like when Chip Kelly was hired, for example, you know, like there was a new uh, sort of film breakdown of what we could expect from his offense, like every day from somebody else. And, you know, the, what are the philosophies he's going to bring to the team for, from college? He's going to be doing this, that, and the other thing. There's a little bit less of that when they hired Doug Peterson, but there's still plenty of it going around. Now there's like nothing because we've been totally preoccupied with, you know, other things going on in the organization. Most importantly, you know, the whole Carson Wentz uh, fiasco and, and him getting traded. Um, you know, are they going to move forward with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback? Are they going to draft a quarterback at sixth overall? So there's been like a lot of other things to sort of distract us from the actual hiring of a new head coach. And they hired so, or they, they interviewed so many people. Like they interviewed between like 15 and 20 people. So that was getting a little tiring, like <laughs> sort of reporting on, you know, everyone that they brought in. And it, it, I think we just got a little uh, coaching fatigue, I guess, uh, at near the end of that search. But as far as my feelings on, on Nick Sirianni, I, I don't know. Like he he didn't he got a little bit of a of a um, I think it was a little unfair to him the way he was criticized after his initial press conference, where he was clearly very nervous. And like, not everyone is a public speaker. And I don't know that you have to be a great public speaker to be a great coach in the NFL. Uh, but certainly he's a, he's a young coach. He's going to have a very young staff. I mean, like the, there's barely any guys that are over 40 years old on that coaching staff. So I think they're going to, you know, kind of take their lumps early on. Uh, certainly the, especially with the roster they have, I mean, <laughs> but we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that, but it's, it's going to be um, sort of, trial by fire i guess with with nick sirianni because uh off the top of my head i think he's 38 years old so you know he he's got like an interesting background in that he coached quarterbacks he coached wide receivers and that's sort of the areas where the eagles are going to need the most help uh offensively and you know the the offense that that he ran uh i mean it wasn't really his offense it was frank reich's offense in in indianapolis um, you know, some impressive things. They, they sort of catered the offense around uh, three different quarterbacks the last three years and Andrew Luck uh, and Jacoby Brissett and then this past year with Phillip Rivers. So he's adaptable. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in a whole new different kind of quarterback 
uh, this season, presumably if it's Jalen Hurts. But uh, yeah, I'm sort of just kind of wait and see on him and and kind of judge him as he goes. Yeah, it's nice not to be the center of coaching drama for once. As you know, again, here, we're, <laughs> right. just, we're always sure. in a pit of misery every, what, three or four years, <laughs> give or yes. take, since, since 1992. So it, it's, it's been rough. Um, well, hopefully Nick can bring that, you know, that Frank Reich offensive flavor that, you know, he, he like you said, he, he tailored the offense to in, in, in Indianapolis. So I don't know. We'll see. What, what, what do you think about free agency? I know we're, we're coming up on the uh, legal tampering period here on the 15th, and then it opens up on, I was at March 17th, uh, two days later. So what are, what are they looking to, to, to fill over there? Well, the roster sucks. So, I mean, yeah. like there's, there's so, I mean, they really need everything. The, the only areas that I don't think they'll address in like, they, there's just no shot of it. In my opinion would be the offensive line and the offensive line is actually fine. If they have, uh, you know, offensive tackles are fine. The interior of the offensive line, it's going to be fine when they get some guys back from injuries and, and so forth. So uh, I would say that, defensively you may see some guys like they could sign a linebacker safety cornerback I think the defensive tackle class in this draft isn't good and they're going to lose Malik Jackson and Hassan Ridgeway so that's you know a position they could maybe address yet again in free agency they've spent a lot of money on guys like Jackson and uh, Javon Hargrave the last two years uh, neither of those guys have given much in the way of production uh they could also, of course, you know, sign a veteran quarterback. The only quarterback on the roster right now is Hurts. So they could go that route in free agency. They could also draft one. We'll see. Uh, problem is they, they don't have any money. So, like, <laughs> they have to – just to get under the cap, like, if they could cut guys, they would. But they can't They can't even do that Like because the, the cap or the dead money hits are so substantial for a lot of these veterans that they have on the team. The only way that they're going to be able to get under the cap is to – restructure a ton of these contracts so they're going to be saddled with these older players because they have to restructure them they're, they're going to be saddled with these guys for years to come so uh just to get under the cap that like they they've already restructured like three or four guys they've cut us little players they're going to cut some more players uh after the new league year begins because they'll, they'll june 1st uh cut them like alshon jeffrey and Willie jackson they'll, they'll june 1st those guys but yeah, I mean, they, they've, got a, they've got a long way to go before they can even get cap healthy. And like, they're not, they can't even rebuild yet. <laughs> like they, they're, they basically have to tear down before they can rebuild. So this is going to be like phase one of the teardown period. And uh, I, I think they're, they're in for pretty much a, a lengthy rebuild going forward. You think this is uh, the fault of Howie Roseman or, or other, other hands in the pot there? Well, there's a lot of factors. So they won the Super Bowl, obviously, after the 2017 season. Uh, they thought they could run it back in 2018. They thought they still had a strong enough roster to do it again in 2019. Uh, this past offseason with COVID hitting, I think they saw an opportunity in, in what was, what you know, obviously a very bad division. I don't think we necessarily thought it would be as bad as as it was this season, but I think, I think they could recognize that it was a bad division, especially in the division from their perspective where there were all three teams in in the division were hiring new offensive or new head coaches. Whereas uh, the Eagles were coming back uh, on their fifth season with a, their head coach, B their defensive coordinator and C their starting quarterback. Like all those guys are coming back for their fifth seasons with the team Whereas the three other teams in the division were, you know, all, they all hired new head coaches. So I think they saw an opportunity there to run it back and maybe, maybe contend. And it all blew up, obviously. I mean, they just, the roster got really old. It got expensive. 
And, you know, like I said before, they're, they're sort of in for, for a long rebuilding period. And then obviously nobody saw the COVID situation coming. Like nope. everyone's expecting the cap to be, you know, upwards of 20, 220, 230 million. And now it's 182. <laughs> so like, you know, a lot of teams, I mean, you're seeing it across the league where teams are just cutting guys left and right. because they have to, and you have teams like the Eagles and the saints are another example where they have to sort of take extreme measures just to get back under the cap. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous. So w- with all that being said, who do you see them getting at sixth? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a prime spot to be. They might not be looking for a quarterback. It is going to have some prime, you know, linebackers at that position. You see the offensive line is not a target. So what do you think they do at six? They're not going to take a linebacker. I can tell you that right now. They just yeah. don't prioritize the position at all. Um, so forget Michael Parsons, for yeah. example, I think that Jamar chase is an option. If he's there, I don't think he'll be there. I think, uh, Penny Sewell. I don't. I know. I don't. I never know if I'm pronouncing, pronouncing his first right. name correctly. Right. Neither but do we. <laughs> Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. They have Jordan Mailata, who is you know physically everything you want in an offensive tackle. Only still only learning the position and, and the game really. Being a rugby player from from Australia, although it'll be, it'll be his fourth year in the league, he played decent enough last year in extended action. Uh, obviously, they have Lane Johnson. So um, I don't. I don't know that they'd go that route, but uh, certainly a possibility. And then, you know, obviously quarterback is, is a big thing uh, is, is going to be the big discussion among Eagles fans going forward. There was a report that Jeffrey Lurie, the owner basically wants to throw his full support behind Jalen hurts this off season and not create uh, you know, sort of a controversial uh, situation for him where they draft a quarterback and have him compete for a job to be determined if that's a smokescreen or nonsense or a bad report or whatever we'll see but quarterback is certainly in the dis- in discussion in my opinion and then the other guy that a lot of people love is kyle pitts the tight end from uh florida i don't think that's necessarily a great use of resources at the sixth overall pick but he's awesome i mean <laughs> i mean there's no denying how good of a player he is uh it's, ter- it's a you, terrifying thought it's terrifying when you, when, the problem is like if you look at the eagles roster they have so few like good young players like miles sanders is one yeah. i think dallas goddard their tight end now is is one he's heading into his fourth year in the nfl and he's you know it's it's a good good tight end can receive can block um has had a little bit of an injury history but nothing major it's but again that's a position where it's not like a priority position and it's one of the few positions where they actually have a good player so like right i don't it's it's a it's a it's a it's a tough position to draft uh, at sixth overall. But as you said, like if, if they do bring in a guy like him, he's very tough to defend, can create like all kinds of different uh, mismatch problems, especially if you pair him with another tight end. I mean, they've been, they've been actually the, the heaviest uh, two tight end set team in the NFL over the last few years of Zach Ertz and, and Goddard. Uh, Ertz is going to be on his way out, whether he gets traded or, or cut. Right. I think we're going to get to that in a little bit, but um, yeah, I, those are kind of the six guys that, that I would say are at the top in, you know, the three quarter Lawrence will be gone. And then Zach Wilson, in my opinion, will be gone. Jamar chase, probably gone. I think Justin Fields also probably gone. Then you have Sewell, you have Pitts, and then it'll be interesting to see how much they like a guy like Trey Lance, uh, the quarterback from North Dakota state who knew all the talent in the world, but he's got such just a, He's thrown, you know, he's got 300 something pass attempts in his career yeah. in college. And not only that, but he's coming from, you know, an FCS school. So 
obviously the Eagles have experience with that, you, having drafted Carson Wentz. But that was, that was a different situation. He redshirted. <laughs> he played there yeah. for four years. Like he was like 23 yeah. years old. This guy's he's going to be 20 years old when he gets drafted. So uh, really, really risky roll of the dice. If they go that route, but uh, certainly a lot of different options there. You would like when you're picking sixth, you think that like your options would be kind of limited, <laughs> but I think like a lot of different things are on the table for them there. Right. And I mean, you could also trade to get a haul of picks too. Yeah. I think Trey Lance was just hurt, but he, he COVID really messed him up. He opted this season and I think he really could have helped or hurt himself this year, but he's kind of in this weird limbo. Yeah. Pro day was great, but everyone looks great, you know, in pads and, sh- and shorts and, and t-shirt, not in pads, throwing the guys, but um, well, you know, I, as this is kind of like an enemy Intel seg- segment, you know what I'm saying? So I list- was listening to the uh, the Bleeding Green Nation podcast that you were okay. on. Was it last week or the week prior? Um, and the way the national media portrayed that, that uh, Jeffrey Lurie thing was that, oh, you know, Jeffrey <laughs> Lurie is, is fully behind, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts. But I think you said it, that he just responded to a text from Les Bowen, a tweet from Les Bowen. It wasn't like it was a, a proclaimed, like, this is, you know, it, so the way the media, you know, hearing that from you was a little more, was much different than what the way it's portrayed in the national media segment. Man, you know we I mean? were hearing they were going to keep uh, Carson Wentz and, and trade the other guy for <laughs> for a while at first. You never know. Yeah, that, the, the whether they were going to keep uh, or trade Carson Wentz, Seesaw kind of went back and forth for a little while. Uh, and then eventually it became clear that they were going to let him go when, um, there uh, like a slew of reports came out that, that he was unhappy and he did not want to be in Philly anymore. And then he never said anything to deny it. So like it came, became pretty clear that he was going to be out at that point. But, uh, but you're right. Like it's, it's funny how these, how these reports kind of go back and forth. Uh, and it, it's like, I, I think the analogy is like uh, uh, on Seinfeld, uh, George says about breaking up, you, you know, you know, it's like knocking over a soda machine. You got to like rock it back and forth a couple of times before it falls over one way. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, Jimmy, I, I will say this: um, I've actually been been reading your stuff back to your days on Bleeding Green Nation, um, which which says something because I really didn't particularly care for reading Enemy Intel, but <laughs> always liked your work. Thank you, appreciate that. Uh, so let me let me ask you this: All right, what's the pulse of fans in Philadelphia, and the fact that you had an owner? who chose the franchise quarterback in Wentz over the coach in Doug Peterson, only to then dump Wentz as well. How has that gone over with, with the franchise? Because it was, it was that battle between is, is he going to side with the coach or the quarterback? And he ended up siding with neither in the end. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think that's kind of how, like, the I, it was perceived, like, on the outside in that it was, they, they did choose one or the other between Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz, because at the time it was reported that those two guys butted heads, you know, weren't talking uh, during the week, which seemed crazy. It, it was less crazy than it sounded because of course they benched Wentz uh, in, in week 13. So there's really no need for them to sort of exchange pleasantries. Uh, but like, you know, while he was still the starter, of course they talked like they had to go over the game plan and, and that kind of thing. But I think the perception from the outside was that, you know, it had to be one guy or the other. And I don't know that it was necessarily that they fired Doug because they chose Carson over him. I think the main reason that they let Doug go was because 
they basically approached Doug with, okay, what's your plan going forward with the coaching staff? And he wanted to keep um, uh, the staff that he wanted to put together was not the same direction that the Eagles wanted to go. Like, for example, their quarterback's coach was Press Taylor, and he Mm -hmm. wanted to promote him to offensive coordinator. He wanted to sign uh, or hire uh, Corey Umland, who was formerly the Eagles defensive backs coach, went on to Detroit to be their defensive coordinator. They were horrible, obviously, in in 2020. He wanted to bring him back to be the defensive coordinator, reportedly. Um, So I think that the Eagles, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Rosen, didn't see eye to eye with Doug on his plan for the staff going forward. And I think that was really the impetus for his firing more so than it was him not being able to get along with, with Carson Wentz. Though certainly his, his relationship with Carson Wentz didn't help <laughs> if all that was true, that yeah. they weren't getting along. But, uh, but I think the the main thing there was that they did not agree with the direction of this coaching staff, you know, moving forward. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, Super Bowl playing players uh leaving you know in the end we do you think there's any chance that zach Ertz gets re-signed by the eagles or is he as good as gone he's gone (laughs) so it's only a matter of whether he gets traded or they release him and in my opinion they're not going to get anything for him i think they're going to cut him and the reason why is because he's 30 years old he just had a horrible season in 2020 he had five drops he had 30 something catches um he has it's sort of an extensive injury history at this point and if you trade for him you're you're taking on his 8.25 million dollar contract which doesn't sound like that much but when you consider that again going back to the fact that teams were expecting the cap to be around like 220 230 and now it's 182 an 8.25 million dollar salary from a percentage of cap space perspective is much higher when it's <laughs> when it's 182 as opposed to 220 or 230 or whatever it was going to be. So that 8.25 million salary is is you know it's 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 a big chunk of 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 a team's cap space and I just don't see anyone wanting to take on a player like him especially knowing that the Eagles are going to get rid of him one way or the other. The Eagles by the way don't save any money. So if they if they do cut him or trade him uh I forget off the top of my head what his dead money hit would be. I think it's like 7. Point seven million or something like that Ooh. they only save they save 4.7 million they don't save any of that before the deadline to do so if they trade them so they have to wait until the new league year begins before they can actually facilitate that trade which means that that 4.7 million doesn't help them get under the cap prior to the deadline to do so so i don't know maybe they get like a six or a seven or something like that there's plenty of dumb teams around the league like there's a report yes. that like Seattle was maybe going to had interest in him, and I looked a little closer at Seattle, and then I saw that they paid Greg Olson like seven million last year. Greg Olson's like thirty four years old and yep. hasn't had good numbers in a long time, so it's like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> like trading for Zach Gertz and his eight point two five million dollar contract doesn't seem too bad compared to that. So, right. like, uh, there's certainly a team out there that could trade for him, but I think it's more likely that they actually just release him uh, sometime between now and, uh, and Wednesday uh, than it is that they get anything for him in trade. Before we move well, on, on Zach, real quick though, re- remember the game on January 3rd where we won 20 to 14 and you were talking about benching Wentz. Remember when they benched Hertz 
<laughs> I mean, excuse me, they yeah. benched, they benched uh, Hurts I was gonna and, bring that up. and brought in <laughs> Mr. Phil's favorite quarterback in the NFL, Nasty <laughs> Nate Sudfeld. Uh, no, uh, he hates God. not Nasty Nate. <laughs> um, and no and Nate. Nate Stradamus. <laughs> at the end of that game, there was footage of um, Zach Ertz sitting on the sideline. Yes. Just, just, you know, like security he was over there talking with security and like it was all this conspiracy theories that, that, that i was like oh my gosh that is crazy what was going on there oh yeah it was you know? clear i think even during the season that he wasn't going to be back in 2021 right. um he had sort of a like and, and even in like our last interview with him shortly after the season ended like he he was i mean he was flat out crying during the the, the during the interview knowing full well that it was going to like he had just played his last game for the eagles and that game was really weird, obviously. I mean, you all saw it, but like even beyond them putting Nate in for, for Hertz to, <laughs> to tank that game, I mean, they had like an absurd number of players that were inactive for that game. Like they had like they had like 10 or 11 guys that were like only you have to have like, you know, five, six or seven inactives on, on game day. They had like 10 or 11 and it was all their best players. So like if you had like a hangnail, you were not playing in that game. Because A, they wanted to lose, and then, you know, B, they wanted to keep guys healthy, uh, either for 2021 or if they could trade them or whatever. They just don't, didn't want to get anyone hurt further. And they let him play in that game. <laughs> like, he would like, they let him play in that game. So I think the Eagles even knew at that point that he was not going to be back and they didn't have a problem with him going out there and playing, even though he was still kind of hurt with uh, an injury he had sustained earlier in the season. But you're right. You know, after that game was over, you know, it's, I don't want to say it was like the, the YA tittle. Uh, you know, iconic picture from back in the day, but you know, certainly the the uh, the, the image of him on the sideline, uh, sort of sitting there long after the game was over. And Kelsey was out there. Jason Kelsey was out there too. Uh, a lot of people thought that he might not come back this year. He he has announced I was, that he I was will. One of those people, I hoped he wouldn't come back. I hate yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably you know one of the best centers in the NFL for right. for a long time. And right. and and Carson Wentz, of course, was out there too. Uh, long after the game was over. So yeah, I think these guys sort of knew that the run was over. Like it was, I mean, we think we like from an outside perspective, we knew it was over a little while ago, but I think it really hit home after that game. Like those guys knew that that Super Bowl run and, and, you know, their chances of ever winning together again was totally over. Yeah. So uh, let me, let me kind of pivot to um, an outsider's perspective of the Washington football team. Sure. Uh, and this actually comes from one of our co-hosts who isn't here. Ellie had a, a question that I jumped on when he suggested it. Would you trade peak prime Clyde Simmons for the potential of Chase Young? Hey, addicts, I know you really want to hear that answer, but we'll be right back after this quick ad from Anchor. Hmm. Uh, so let me understand. And I'm someone who believed that Clyde Simmons was a was a was a was just uh, the guy. Or he was a wrecking ball. You know. Well, there was one totally season he had, like, he, he had like 19 sacks one season. Yep. Yeah. So, like his prime, <laughs> like you're not going to get much better than his prime. Although, to 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 be clear, though, like that year, I want to say it was like 91 or 92. Like that's like Reggie White prime years too. And that was 92, yeah. He was getting uh, – I mean, Reggie White was obviously getting a lot of attention. I think Jerome Brown had already died 
when yeah. uh, Clyde Simmons had that huge year. But yeah. they still had other good play, like uh, Seth Joyner was, uh, you know, a really good pass rusher. Andre Waters. You know, linebacker. Andre Waters, you had, you had I, used to, I used to use those cats on Tech Mobile, man. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, no, that defense. All those in guys. fact, like the 91 defense, some some regard is like the best defense ever. Like even better like than the 85 Bears. It's just they, their offense is so horrible that they weren't able to do anything in the playoffs ever. Right. But uh, the uh, – yeah, so if I can rephrase your question – does, does he mean like, would I take the career? Like would I, would I sign up for Clyde Simmons career if I'm Chase Young or would I just take Chase Young and let it ride with, with his, with the potential that he has? Is that what he means? I think it's more that, I think it's more like if you know, it, like if you had to pick one of the two to put on your yeah. defense right now, but you know what you're getting with Clyde Simmons, but you know what kind of potential you have with chase young which one do you go with oh do you chase think the, that chase young's potential is greater than the prime of what clyde simmons was able to provide i'll, I'll take clyde simmons 19 sack season <laughs> i mean i think the world of chase young uh it, i would not sign up for I, I'll, I'll phrase it this way i would not sign up for clyde simmons overall career if uh mm-hmm. if if i have the choice between that and just rolling the dice with whatever chase young is going to be uh, but if I'm guaranteed, you can get that one season. If I'm guaranteed <laughs> Clyde Simmons prime for the entirety of Chase Young's career, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you can't blame that 19 sacks in a season. No, I'm, I'm, I remember, you see, you know, I'm, I'm known as the restore, the resident historian here, uh, when it comes to the Redskins, Washington football team, but that doesn't mean I don't know the teams we played either so I'm very course, well yeah. aware yeah, I, re- sure. I remember randall cunningham was like god to me as a kid every time we played backyard <laughs> football I, I mean i wasn't a, i wasn't an eagles fan at all but i i loved uh randall cunningham he's still probably one of my favorite players of all time and a great video game player too yeah, i mean they, 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 weren't, they couldn't use his name but on Tecmo Bowl, he was QB Eagles. Eagles. Eagles yeah. <laughs> they had a one play where he did a sweep at the very top of the screen. You could not That's stop right. it, man. They had I literally, right. I literally set my the- defense <laughs> to Tecmo Bowl to only guard that play. Right. Every time. Right. And it was like, right, I, I'll take my chances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Phil's question hey, was, was, a good, was a good transition to uh, the, the next few set of questions we have for you, Jimmy. You know, from an outsider's perspective, looking at the Washington football team. Sure. What, what is just a, you know, from the hip, a general point of view of, of, of the team now, given where we are with Ron Rivera, because, you know, previously, we, you know, we're not in good favor. And I, you know, I, I tweet with you all the time and it's it's just funny to watch the fans interact at at, at our previous, you know, inconveniences, our previous mishaps. But, you know, where it stands today, how does someone like yourself think about the team, you know, as it stands today? They don't have a quarterback, so that's yep. a problem. But yep. um you know, they, they have something to build around. Well, first of all, they have a ton of cap space, so it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, in free agency. Um, but you know, they have something great to build around, which is obviously that defensive line. It's not just super talented, but it's also very deep. And, you know, I mean, that was the very clear thing that, you know, everyone was sort of pointing out prior to their week one matchup uh, this past season. It was like, the, you know, this, this is a, like, I think uh, most Eagles fans sort of, had that chalked up as like, a, like a definite win. <laughs> but like, I remember heading into that game, I was thinking, you know, like, I don't know how I'm going to block those guys. So like, yeah. they, they, this is, this is like not even a trap game. Like this is like, 
that that defensive line is going to give them big time problems in this game. And I also actually kind of think like the defensive line and I don't know if you guys would disagree with this or not, but I almost kind of feel like they underperformed for the level of talent that they have this season. Like they they were still very good, obviously, but I think they, they have the potential to be like the best defensive line in the NFL and they have some nice pieces behind it. Like, um, you know, I like Cameron Curl. Like I thought he was, you know, I don't even mention him second as like, you know, like as like, you know, something that the, 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 the nice bright spots in the team, but uh, they, they do have some, some good pieces behind him. Fuller, the cornerback obviously is really good. Uh, offensively. I think they have some nice pieces like Terry McLaurin. I think it's on his way to be one of the best. Same thing about Darby, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I, I like, I like Darbs as a person. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I did not like him as a player, uh, sort of uh, the late stages of his Philly career. But yeah, my understanding is he had a pretty good year there for for uh, for Washington. Uh, at least he was better than, than he was uh, his, his last year or two in Philly. But uh, offensively, you know, Terry McLaurin is one of the best uh, wide receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. Like I remember doing like matchup reviews prior to Eagles football team games and and like. I would just write, I, I had to like, I drew like, you mentioned the stick figures or like, I drew like a stick figure of Terry McLaurin, of him just like I, an animated one of him just waving. It's like Jim Schwartz. <laughs> this is before like, you know, you guys had like Antonio Gibson or whatever. It's like, don't worry about uh, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, big name. Don't worry about him. Who cares? Don't care. Don't, who cares about something wrong? See the guy he's waving at you. Number 17, cover him. Like, <laughs> Make sure you cover him because they have nothing else. I think they've added, you know, pieces to the offense since then. You know, I, I like Antonio Gibson and, and, uh, you know, and like I said, that they're going to, they could potentially make some noise in, in free agency this year, but uh, ultimately it comes down to, can they get that quarterback position fixed? Because until then, I mean, there's still just going to be a run of the mill team. And I'm glad you brought the thing about the uh, defensive line kind of underperforming. It was especially evident early in the season. Mm-hmm. There's kind of been some, some word coming out that the, the defensive line, and the, the defensive coaches just they had a, they it took them a few weeks to get on the same page. They weren't a lot of the guys on the defensive line just weren't responding to the coaching style. Okay, and I guess not having an off season kind of kind of pushed you know some of that training camp and pre, and preseason stuff into the regular season when it comes to just getting on that same page. Yeah, you know, they weren't used to that style. They were used to you know, the, the, the club J as we called it down here under Jake Gruden, where everything was relaxed. And <laughs> right. uh, these guys were, were hard nosed and it took them a little while to get used to that. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty significant observation, but, you know, and I agree with you that, you know, if they continue buying in the way they did as the season progressed, yeah, they can, they can be a lot better on the defensive line. Um, but I do want to say, you know, I, I, obviously you, you said Terry McLaurin, but, you know, Outside of outside of Terry, let's say this: when Philly goes to play Washington, you have to one guy on offense, one guy on defense. Who are they game planning for? I can't pick McLaurin. Besides McLaurin, we know we know how you feel about McLaurin. (laughs) Yeah, is it Logan Thomas? Is it is it Logan Thomas to you? Is it Antonio Gibson? Oh, you know, I failed to mention Logan Thomas, by the way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's, he's kind of emerged out of nowhere to become, uh, <laughs> you know, one of, one of the more intriguing players in the NFL, from the tight end position anyway. Uh, but for me, it'd probably be Gibson, just because I, I loved him coming out of Memphis um, in that 
you know, he had that receiver background. And I mean, he looked, he, he looked totally comfortable as a running back to me, uh, it, you know, this, this past year uh, in the NFL. So he'd be the guy that kind of scares me as that dual threat kind of guy that can beat you with the, that can be just beat you as a runner and can beat you through the air as well. And he's only going to get better as a receiver in the NFL as he goes along. So that, that's kind of the guy that would scare me long-term. And then defensively, um, you know, I'm embarrassed. I can't, I can't think of his name. <laughs> he was drafted uh, 2017. I, 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 I ha- like, I thought the Allen? Eagles should have taken him. But John Allen? Payne? Yes, Allen? yes, Jonathan Allen. It was very embarrassing. Yeah. I couldn't think of his name. But, yeah, he's obviously a, a really good player on the interior. Um, I thought, like, when he was dropping in that draft, uh, I thought the Eagles were going to take him at 14. Uh, overall, they wound up taking Derek Barnett instead. Where did he go? Was it was was he seventeen to you guys? Uh, it was something like that. It was, it was mid round. I don't have the. Uh, what's funnier is I'm wondering what that rotation is going to be like when we have Ionitis, who's probably better than both of them. Ionitis is also like a like a really good player. Philly guy went to Temple, obviously. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said before, it's not just that they're talented; like they're so super deep too. That are you a uh, big are you a big Big East fan? Uh, I old used school to, Big East. Yeah, basketball. I used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a yeah. Louisville guy. I'm a Louisville guy, so we used to be the Big East guys. Yeah, I missed. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. Right. Yep. Let me, but yeah, let me, so, let me so, so defensively, like, if if I can't pick Chase Young, then uh, the guy that I would say is is the biggest is the biggest problem. The guy that you have the game plan for would be Jonathan Allen. I'll tell you what, our guy, Ellie, and he couldn't make it tonight. He would love to have hear you say how much you liked Antonio <laughs> Gibson coming out of okay. the draft. They were just a little background on that. We had a podcast kind of going over the preseason depth chart before the season started. And I'd say a quarter of the podcast, and it ended up being about almost two hours, a quarter of that was spent between myself and Ellie arguing between – <laughs> and whether or not Antonio Gibson was an RB1. This is before okay. Darius Geist stuff happened. So I was pushing for okay. Geist. And I now I look like an idiot for that one. But <laughs> I was, well, I mean, I you was didn't convinced know how bad he was. Not bad of a guy he was. <laughs> well, my thing was that I was trying to sell him. It's like, he Gibson barely ran the ball in college. How can he be a running back in the pro? I mean, I was so stuck on, you. Ha- we haven't seen him do it. It at you know on a consistent level and and you know midway through the season I had to come on here and eat a lot of crow and say you know what I was wrong <laughs> like thirty carries and dollars running yeah but but it was it was in spite of Scott Turner because Scott Turner just was not running him the first at least four or five weeks of the season it was Haskins overthrowing the ball way too much and they were using J D McKissick way too much and you know that's that's why we started out I so hate on J D McKissick man that's my guy. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't blame you. I don't blame you for being on the guys train though. Like there was one game, oh, I want to say it was 2019. I think they played Carolina. Do yeah, I have that yeah, right? That's when he bowed up. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, he like looked awesome. And it was like, yeah. uh Oh, like he might be like, that guy might be really good. But yeah, you know, obviously none of us knew like all the off field stuff that was going on with him uh, at the time. And then going forward, man. Um, so, so let's wrap it up with, with the NFC East, Jimmy, I know, you know, you and us, we, we love just, just shitting on the NFC East, right? Cause it, we're either good <laughs> right. or we're bad, right? It's, it's always yes. fun. Um, so who do who do you think 
is the favorite to win the division in 2021. And then where do you see the teams, you know, racking and stacking from there? Yeah. Uh, hate to say it, but I think the Cowboys are the, are the, yeah. Are the, are the best team. Uh, like there are a lot, I think they have a lot of holes. Uh, their defense mm-hmm. is trash, <laughs> but ultimately yeah. they have the best quarterback in the division by far. Right. And in, in my opinion, and I think Dak is going to come back and he's going to be fine. Obviously they wouldn't get him the kind of money if they weren't confident that, he, you know, he was going to come back from that leg injury. Uh, I think Zeke is uh, extraordinarily uh, overrated and he is only going to see his career kind of go sideways from this point. Like it, I, I like he's got, he got so many carries over the early, over the like early portion of his career and in college for that matter, that I think, uh, like the tread on his tires is wearing thin. So like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy that like they, that they can depend on just giving the ball, but I don't think it matters because Dak is good. And then that receiving core is just awesome with Cooper and Gallup and CD lamb that they're going to be able to do some damage to a lot of defenses around the league. And um, they're not going to go anywhere like significant because their defense has so much work to do and they don't have a lot of cap space either. Now that they gave Dak all this money. So um like I don't think any any of the teams in this division are Super Bowl contenders by any stretch, but I do think that they have the best chance of of winning this division. Nine and seven, baby. The only, yeah, the only reason that. The only reason I only reason I could kind of agree with that is because nobody repeats in the division. But I want to yes. agree with it because even when they had Dak last year, they were like one and four. And the one game they won with them was a dumbass uh, onside kick. <laughs> That's right. You know, I mean, they, they really – Dak was lighting it up, but they didn't win a game besides that. Their defense them. was so bad. Dak defense had was exactly. so bad. And it's going to be worse. Yeah. They're going yeah. to lose the good guys they had. They're going to have to cut somebody, man. So, so I, I, I think, there's, I think yeah. there's no way that they're better than last year. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe they put up – maybe he throws for 5,000 yards, man. But, I mean, so did Jameis Winston. How many games did they win? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna matter. They can outscore. I think it's. I would say us, depending on what we get in free agency and what our quarterback situation looks like. But I wouldn't sleep on the Giants. They turned it on at the end of last year. I wouldn't sleep on them with no talent. And Saquon Barkley's back, and they might get a receiver. I wouldn't sleep on the Giants. Jimmy, how do you fill out two, three, four? I'm sorry. Say again. How do you fill out uh, positions? uh, Second, third, and fourth in the, in the division. Just, just so, all oh, right. Today. So, I would say Washington, too, uh, just because they have the best roster, you know, quarterback side. And then uh, I go Giants three. And then bringing up the rear is going to be the, uh, the, the one thing I will say in favor of the Eagles is that I think their offensive line has, I mean, they're off, they gave up the most sacks in the NFL last year, but a lot of that was uh, due to Carson Wentz holding on the ball for an eternity. And then even Jalen Hurts, like, took a ton of sacks. And by took a ton of sacks, I think more accurately, like, there were a lot of times where he was just running. Like, like there were, like, five or six different times he actually ran out of bounds, like, just just short of the line of scrimmage, and they counted the sacks. So, right. I wouldn't count those, like, you know, a lot of those legitimate sacks. But their offensive line from left to right is going to be Jordan Mailata, who's maybe, like, an iffy spot. But then the rest of the line is really solid. You say Malo at left guard, Kelsey at center. Brandon Brooks, Brooks will be back at right guard. And Lane Johnson will, will be back at right tackle. So if those guys stay healthy. That's kind of like something they have going for them. Their defensive line is always good. But other than that, they just got nothing. Like their right. receivers are always which, horrible. Which totally means that Philadelphia is going to win the division. It totally means that's going to happen. Because this is the exact same thing you would have said about us last year. There's no way right. they're winning anything. They suck. Right. 
you, you know, and then they win it. it it's exactly what's going to happen. The, the, and the other thing I'll get, like, I'll, I'll say in their favor too is like Jalen Hurts. I, I had like he's got flaws. Like he, he's not. I don't think he's very accurate. His arm strength is like it's fine. It's it's not, but it's not like a positive trait. But he can run, and he's tough, and he's got like all those intangibles that that you want in a quarterback: the leadership and the toughness, and and you know all, all that stuff, and smarts. And I take him over Mariota. You can discount that, but uh, but uh, <laughs> just 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 looking at the roster, like their their roster really. I mean, they need everything, and they don't have any money to fix anything in free agency. So it's going to have to totally go through the draft, and uh, they're going to have to get you know something from guys to from. I mean, they don't even have young players that you can say, okay, well, if this guy steps up and that guy steps up, but they don't even have that. So, like, right. I just, I just, I, I have them as, as the, as the fourth team in, in the NFC East. I mean, Miles Sanders is a great pickup, and and you know who else kind of, I think he might have a, a big year next year if the quarterback play plays out. Is, is yes. Travis Ful, Fulham, Fulgham? I don't know how to pronounce that right. Fulham. Fulgham, yeah. He he was a quite, you know, a very nice surprise. It's kind of baffling. Like I, I've had a hard time trying to figure out what happened with him right. because there was like a five stretch. There was a five game stretch during the season where he actually led the NFL in receiving yards mm-hmm. just during a specific five game stretch. Daily fantasy um, pickup. <laughs> that's right. And then like Alshon Jeffrey came back and started taking away his snaps. And I don't know if that did something to him mentally or whatever, but like he just wasn't the same guy. Uh, during the rest of the season, which is, which was weird. And like, they drafted Jalen Rager in the first round. Like, I don't know if you know anything about this, but locally, like the Eagles just get the, their front office has been getting hammered for like missing on play. Like they took this guy instead of that guy, like type stuff. Like for example, in 2019, they took JJ Ortega Whiteside in the second round when DK Metcalf was still there. And it's not like this is hindsight stuff. Like fans are like, why didn't you take DK Metcalf? And they took JJ Ortega Whiteside. He's been horrible for the Eagles. Obviously, DK Metcalf is, is what he is. And then last year they take Jalen Rager uh, at 19th overall, or excuse me, 21st overall. And um, you know they they pat like uh, I think everyone was sort of anticipating that they were going to take Justin Jefferson there. Justin Jefferson goes out and, and goes for 1,400 yards. I think he won an NFL Rookie of the Year. I think. Offensive rookie. Oh, I'm, I'm not yeah. totally sure on that, but I think he did. But uh, if he didn't, he should have maybe. But uh, yeah, I mean, so so there's been a lot of criticism on on those fronts. But um, I, I forget what we we're even talking about there. But uh, it's it's and, and why did Nelson Aguilar decide he wanted to play wide receiver <laughs> when he goes to the Raiders? Yeah, he's the guy that's like always had talent, but just for whatever reason, he would get his in his own head at times. Like he had one really, like the one really good year that he had for the Eagles was 2017, with the year they won the Super Bowl, and he was a big factor mm-hmm. uh, both during the regular season that year and and in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl for that matter. But uh, he's yeah. a guy that that was sort of up and down throughout his career, and it was time to go. Like when when he when he ultimately like le- like left the team, like it was cl- like I do like a stare go series for every position like every year after the season ends. And I think his stay percentage on that was like 3% like from the fan yeah. base. So like, there were like fans bitching that, uh, that they should have kept him because they saw what he was doing. And I was like, you know, you weren't saying that in January. So <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he's a guy that, that like, uh, you know, he always had talent. It's just, uh, you know, getting his own way sometimes. Let me ask you one last question here, Jimmy. Throughout the entire division, who is your most loved player? And most hated. 
All right. So loved player. I mean, it's going to be an Eagles player because I get to know those guys a little bit. And I would say it would be uh, Brandon Graham, who is just like, a, like just the like most energetic, nicest dude. He actually had like um, this. He had this thing in Philly where he would block like everyone on Twitter, <laughs> which like which was weird because that didn't match up like with his personality. And uh, during the 25th, during, I'm sorry, during the 2017 season, um, I, I, I went up to him and I said, uh, like, if you guys, like, can I, if, if, if you guys, can I unblock, like, everyone on your Twitter account, everyone that you block, can I unblock them all? And he was like, no. <laughs> so I said, uh, all right, how about this? If you win the Super Bowl, can I unblock everyone? And he said, yeah. So they win the Super Bowl. I, and I was like, as they kept winning and winning and winning throughout that season, I kept reminding him, I was like, you guys win the Super Bowl. I get to unblock everybody. He goes, yeah, 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 fine. So they win the Super Bowl. I go up to him and he goes, all right. And he like, he put in his password and, and, and like he let me go onto his Twitter account on my computer. And I found out some way to like unblock people like in like bulk. I didn't have to go like one by one and unblock everyone. But I had to go. I found out like a, a back end way to do it, and it was I was unblocking people at like, like a like a hundred, two hundred at a time, and it still took me like, like forty five minutes to do. <laughs> like it was during the locker room clean out day after the season was over, which is like prime, like uh, journalist real estate. Like that day is like prime, and I spent the entirety of it unblocking people on his account like again like i said like 100 and 200 at a time so he had like tens of thousands of people blocked on twitter it was crazy but what also happened was in addition to unblocking all these people it also like followed a lot of them too so (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) first of all all these eagles fans are like oh my god Brandon Graham unblocked me and followed me. <laughs> it was like, no, 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 he didn't. I did it. And then, <laughs> and then also, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's like, if you if you go to his Twitter account, they're still there. Like he, he it didn't it didn't follow like everyone. Like it followed a very small percentage of the people that I unblocked. But it, but it followed like four thousand people for him or something like that if you go onto his account on twitter you'll see that he follows like four thousand people he didn't do that on purpose i did that so yeah so, i had to go to fire right and they're usually very selective on who they who they follow yeah Man, you, you follow all two thousand of my baby mamas <laughs> yeah so i had to go up to him and tell, i was like brandon look uh, uh something happened I don't, i'm sorry but you follow like four thousand people now bro <laughs> Right, he was going there hand hand unfollow each one of them. Yep. But no, he still follows them. He didn't even bother. Like Uh, he didn't even bother unfollowing. He can't now, you know. (laughs) So anyway, he's he's a really good dude. If we're talking about uh, people I dislike, uh, ah, what the hell? I'll give it to you. So like, I mean, he's not in the league anymore. But some juice. (laughs) I can tell where this is going. The player that I hated the most just covering was do you remember Jason Babin? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was part of the big the big he was part of the white nine, you know, the whole yes. outside, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was just hunting sacks all the time. Couldn't yep. care less if that they ran the ball. Like they ran the ball, it was like he was just out of his gap. Like, <laughs> like it like didn't care. 
worst guy ever. I hated him. Uh, as far as like other guys in the division that like, you know, aren't on the, Eagles, I don't know these guys. So it's yeah. kind of tough to, you know, hate, like to dislike them person. I just don't know them. But if I were like, if I were just a fan, just watching games on like a regular basis, the, like I hate the Zeke Elliott eating thing. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll um, get like James a, Harden. It'll get like a four yard yeah. gain. It'll get yeah. up and it'll be doing that eating thing. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's That's like, when we uh, always got in the playoffs. It's he's like, a, if, I, if, a, I were like a, if I were like a Browns fan or a Bengals fan back in the day, like Jerome Bettis would have annoyed the hell out of me because like he would, he'd get like a two yard run and he'd get up and he'd be like shaking his head and like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you didn't do anything. You just ran for three yards. What are you doing? And Zeke <laughs> reminds me a little bit of that. So, <laughs> so funny. he, he, He's a guy that just kind of annoys me. But if, if we're talking about all time people that I just did not enjoy their their company, it was Jason Babbitt. We had uh, we had a guy named Laron Landry as a safety number. 30. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was a steroid meathead. Also a sixth overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. Right. From LSU. Oh. Yes, sir. And, yeah. and Imagine we thought we had him and Sean Taylor at the same oh time. We thought we he he would give up like a fit. <laughs> there would be like a 50 yard play and he would make a tackle <laughs> and he would stand over them like. Like and I was like, geez, come on, man! You just got like a fifty-yard play. Come on, just shut up, you know. So I, I feel your pain with the with the post-play no, you, celebration. You know, he's a guy that like one of the one of like a lot of Eagles fans' favorite plays ever uh-huh. was pregame. He and Deshaun Jackson were getting into it, and uh, first play of the game, Jackson catches. Is that I think the Michael was, Vick game? Like, yeah, about? Yes. 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 ninety-one game. yard, ninety-one yard TD my, catch. Uh, my best like, friend is an Eagles fan in life. He's my best friend, <laughs> and man. He was he was killing me, man. I don't I don't watch games with him anymore because every time I watch a game with him, we lose. And now, now from now on, I just stay home. He just calls me a hundred times, but we end up winning. So I leave him alone. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's oh, been a bad run man. until this year. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. So, Jimmy, as that's we so as we wind so. down here, um. We just want to thank you for, for taking the time to, to talk some football, talk some, sure. Eagles, talk some watching the football with us. So real quick, I got to ask you, what, what, what's, your, what's your drink of choice? Are you a beer guy? Are you a, are you a liquor guy? What, what, what do you, what do you like to sip on? Yeah. Uh, beer for sure. Yeah. But if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it like this, like my airport drink yep. uh, is uh, old fashioned. Okay. Can't go wrong with that. I have one last night. At the oh, restaurant. we got a classy <laughs> okay. dude up here. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Right, so Jimmy, uh, Actually, okay. hold on. Go I ahead, got go one ahead, more go question. Yeah. I got one more question. All right. I had a bad experience the one time I went to the link. Okay. Um, your food trucks outside do not serve good cheesesteaks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I paid 16 bucks a cheesesteak for five <laughs> cheesesteaks. And they were, it was, it was a, a bun of cardboard and really dry meat. <sighs> Like Where, if life. I ever go back to Philly, I won't. I haven't. Last time I had a good cheesesteak in Philly was off of a street vendor at the Mummers Parade. Yeah. Where do I go to get a good cheesesteak? And I know it ain't Pat's. I know it ain't Geno's. Where do I go? That's correct. It's not Pat's. It's not Geno's. Jim's is okay. Jim's is like the, the sort of the third one of like the, mm-hmm. the really well known cheesesteak places. But the one that I would go to is called Della Sandro's. They are heard that Sandra's are are their number one in my opinion. If I'm if we can complain about cheesesteaks real quick, yeah. Uh, I do like a press box food spread review. 
mm-hmm. and Washington is always like way at the bottom mm-hmm. every year, yeah. <laughs> like horrible every year. The entire but stadium some, is. So, <laughs> yeah, stadium's not good either. <laughs> Press box is the worst in the NFL, by the way. Uh, but they, they, like, I remember one year they served cheesesteaks because they were playing the Eagles. And it's like, what are you doing that for? Like, we, like, we come from the place that makes cheesesteaks. Like, serve what, like, serve what you do well. Oh, like, at Baltimore, man. they had crab cakes, for example. Unfortunately, like, here it's fried chicken. That's bullshit. <laughs> well, in D.C., in D.C., there's two things that we have. We have Ben's Chili Bowl. Yeah. Which you can go to Nats Park and go watch the Nationals game, get some, get, get yourself a half smoke. Mm-hmm. Or it's mumbo sauce. Okay. <laughs> On the wings. On the wings. You got to go to a Chinese restaurant to get, get, usually <laughs> get good mumbo sauce. Um, yeah, the, so we used to be able to eat in the Eagles cafeteria. We meaning like the press corps, and uh, mm-hmm. there was like the sh- the chef there. I think was from Washington D.C. And one of the one of the so they they would have wings uh, one day a week, and uh, he would always push the mambo sauce. Nice. Did you, did you try? It? Yeah, yeah. They're all yeah, my favorite one. Sauce. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, exactly? It was my favorite one by far. It's like a mix of like. like- Ketchup, sugar. Yeah. It's uh, a sweet and sour kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, sweet and sour. I mean, it sounds like it's like it sounds like it's gonna mess with my diabetes, or as yeah. we say in the hood, my sugar. <laughs> hey, so oh, it Jimmy, will, but that's why it's good. Yeah, exactly. So, Jimmy, where where can we um where can we find you on 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 social media if, if people listening want to want to go check it check out your uh check out your yeah your, easy your, enough on Twitter it's just uh, Jimmy Kemsky J I M M Y K E M P S K I fantastic okay well you know closing out we just want to thank you for your time and um this has been a, a a great experience for us this is the first person you're the first person we reached out outside of our own you know small team circles and we really just want to want to thank you for uh you know taking your time to to, need, to talk football with us we need to place a bet on the first game in the year man maybe uh jimmy has to wear a washington football team uh <laughs> shirt or hold a sign saying i love you know washington on there <laughs> Uh, I'll be betting Washington all day. Trust me. <laughs> and also, I, I, if any any of your listeners, if like, if if at any point you're like, I'm not listening to what this guy said. He couldn't think of who Jonathan Allen was. I don't blame you at all. No. <laughs> we we need more stick figures. I, I will That's say right. that. We need more stick figures. Okay, all right, we're closing out. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Really appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Bye. Bye.